Now, if you live in New York City or if you live near New York City on January 15th, I am hosting a launch party for my book, for the Tiny Leaps Big Changes book. I am going to be having a free event 100% free, where I will be in attendance. I will have books available. I will be getting interviewed about the writing process, about what uh, you can expect from it, what I was trying to do with it. You can sort of hear the backstory on it. And then I will be doing a signing. If you want to learn more, if you're like, yeah, I really want to go to this, uh, all you have to do is go to tinyleapsevent.com. Dot com tinyleapsevent.com. That'll take you to the RSVP page. That's where you can go to learn a little bit more about the event, uh, find where the space is, so on and so forth, and uh, RSVP. Hey, so real quick heads up here as you go into the episode. Uh, it seems my recording software uh, kind of screwed up here, so my audio quality is not as good as you are used to. However, the interview is top notch. So bear with the audio quality on this one. Uh, The guest quality is fantastic. Mine is just a little eh. Um, So I apologize. Uh, There's a couple more episodes that are like this. So we'll just sort of push through them. But the content is worthwhile. So thank you and enjoy the episode. In this episode, I sit down with Colin Morgan of the Daily Grind Business Podcast to talk about, well, there's a lot, but we talk about some really, really fascinating information around the grind, around drive, around ambition, and how he became a professional golfer. So stick around because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with someone who I think I've known for, what, a year now or two? I think it's, yeah, just over a year. Yes, okay, so just over a year, and in that time, uh, he's very quickly become uh, one of the people that I am most grateful to have in my circle. We were able to meet in person for the first time at the podcast movement conference down in uh, Philly this past summer. And uh, the level of conversation that this guy is willing and capable of having, especially as it relates to top, some of our favorite topics like entrepreneurship, uh, personal development, sort of improving ourselves, our minds, uh, and our ability to achieve our goals, uh, it's its very high quality. And there's a reason for that, because he is the host of the Daily Grind Business Podcast. And as the name suggests, it releases daily. Like, that's insane. I, I've done this show daily in the past, and I burned out after like three or four months. He's been keeping it going for well well over a year now, right? Yeah, just just over a year and two months year and two months releasing every single day. So I don't know how he does it, but one of the things we're going to try and find out on this podcast is how 
he organizes himself to make something like that happen, how he keeps himself motivated and not burn out on something like that. I know when I was doing it, I burned out on my content real quick. Uh, and more importantly, how we can sort of take the same techniques and philosophies that he uses to make that possible and apply it to our own lives, regardless of what the goal is. So Colin Morgan, how are you doing today, sir? Greg Clunas. Any day I get to speak with Greg Clunas is a good day for me. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Dude, no doubt it is an honor to have you. Um, let's start with uh, what I find to be the most interesting question here. You are a professional golfer. I was. Um, yeah, I don't meet many of those. Actually, I think you're the first. So uh, tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, you know what? I Sports has always been a big part of my life, especially growing up. I didn't have much interest in school, but I loved gym and I loved uh, hockey, specifically golf, tennis, any type of racket sport, soccer. I just, my, my life was fueled by sports and I absolutely loved the competition. I loved the friends I had to meet and I got to meet along the way. And, um, from a young age, I excelled very quickly at a lot of different sports. Um, hockey and golf were probably the two in which I excelled, um, the most at. And I had to come to realization, uh, at one point that I had to pick one or the other. My parents were sick of, of doing two sports and I, I had, I was really doing seven sports, but they're like, you got to pick one and, and really stick with it. And this was in high school. So I really loved golf. I, I found it very therapeutic to be on the golf course for hours at a time. I enjoyed the grind of practicing every day, playing every day, improving and seeing those results. And I was excelling at it as a junior. So I decided to put all my eggs in one basket. I got a full scholarship down to the U.S. After two years, I decided that um, I wanted to play professionally. So I, I, I put my hand into it for three years. Um, I really loved it, but I look back and I didn't love it as much as I thought I did. I did it more for reasons, um, which we can talk about a little bit later, but I didn't do that because of my passion for it. I did it because that's what I thought other people wanted me to do. And over those three years, um, I actually, I, I started to get worse in golf, believe it or not. And I had to come to the realization that, uh, I need to find a new career path. And that was a very difficult transition for me. Um, but that's essentially how I got into professional golf and, and how I got out in a very short synopsis. So here's what I don't quite understand, and, and this might be uh, simply because of my lack of knowledge of the, the golf world. Uh, I've never in my life played golf except for dominating my family at mini golf every now and then. <laughs> um, what you say that you decided that you wanted to go pro. That doesn't seem like enough. How, how did you go from, OK, you know what, I'm going to go pro to actually being pro? Like, what does that process look like, uh, both in the golf world and what did that look like for you? Well, for me, it was a very uh, confusing time. I really didn't know what my future had for me because, like I had said, everything was all my energy, all my efforts, everything was put towards sports. I really didn't put much towards education. I didn't know anything about business or, or life outside of that. So, I had to make the realization like I have to jump into this. So I just jumped in and um, essentially playing professional is now playing for money. So the tournaments you enter are a big fee in order to get in, but you're playing for cash prizes as opposed to as an amateur, mm. you're more playing for the prestige and, and trophies. 
Um, so it was, it's a really different way of, of playing the game. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset that you need to specifically have. And not a lot of people have it. I know the best amateurs who didn't transition over into professional just because of that cash aspect. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. I mean, I think that my skills took me, um, to a certain point where I could play professionally. Like it was something that was realistic. I had been doing well enough in, in amateur events. I did really well as a junior. So it wasn't out of the realm of possibility of me reaching the PGA Tour. Um, although in my head, I kind of knew I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what, um, you mentioned that uh, that transition from amateur to pro, uh, once money gets involved, and, and we see this to be true across any sport or, or activity, really. Once money gets involved, uh, the pressure goes up yeah the, the pressure to perform the pressure to uh win and because of that increase in pressure you end up performing much poorer than you did prior because pressure puts us into a situation where uh we almost default to our like core level activities our base activities the the things that humans tend to do when they're freaking out and can't add logic to the mix how did you manage that in the beginning like how did you navigate that pressure of, wow, I've put a lot of money into this tournament. If I don't walk away with something like this is going to hurt. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was all about preparation. That's something that I do try to, um, or I do do in my regular life now is that, you know, whether, no matter what I'm doing, I realize that there's a point in time where I can't just jump out of bed and do something. There's time that needs to be put in it. The practice that I put into honing my craft as a golfer was countless amount of hours. Um, so for me, standing on the tee, yeah, now you're playing for money as opposed to playing for prestige and a trophy. Um, it's still the same thing. Like it, it's difficult to think of, but it's just a game, right? And you put so much time mm -hmm. into the game, and you just have to look at one shot at a time. Because if you look four days in the future, um, it can be very overwhelming. Or if you look at a score scoreboard and someone's posted ten under for the round today. It's a, it's a bit of a mind, um, I don't want to use the F word, but a bit of a mind F. <laughs> so it's just about taking it. I mean, you're, you're free <laughs> okay. for the future. You're free okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's just about taking it one, one shot at a time. And, and it's, that's the philosophy I take in life now. It's just one day at a time. I can mm -hmm. only see what's in front of me. Although I have the end goal in mind, I can only change what I'm doing right now. I can't change the past. I can't change the future. So it's about doing that. And it's very difficult to do. Um, but once you become a little bit more consciously aware of it, it becomes a little bit easier. For those uh, people who don't know who you are, uh, fill us a little bit on what it is you do now. So you've transitioned out of being a professional mm -hmm. golfer. I mentioned that you're host of the Daily Grind Business Podcast, but what what does your world encompass right now? I am a podcaster. I am a business owner where we help small to medium-sized businesses along with startups find funding, um, find capital through banks, uh, government programs, or investors, and whether those investors are private investors, VCs, or angel investor firms. Um, I'm also a uh, marketing consultant. I do a small amount of coaching. I do affiliate marketing and what I encompass all of that into is entrepreneurship. Um, so I have my hand in a whole bunch of different things. My main focus is, is growing our business. Um, and, and my show, which I, I try to, uh, continuously push all the time and grow and get better. Um, but I, I do a lot of things, man, <laughs> as you know, 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'd love to hear from you how uh, have you noticed at all that the skills and I guess sort of the mental game that you accomplished and, and was were able to acquire while being a professional golfer, that that sort of translated over to your life as an entrepreneur now? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I believe that an athletic mindset is key into entrepreneurship for kind of the reasons that I mentioned before about the preparation is that I find it very difficult to try and play a game and whether that be business where you're in business with some of the most successful people who themselves are bettering themselves every day, not just in their business, but personally, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, and in sports, as we see with a bunch of different athletes, they don't just focus on, say for golf, we don't just focus on our swing. You focus on your, your nutrition, um, your physical fitness, your mental game, um, also your spirituality. You want to be in tune to be able to be center every single day so that you can start to become consistent and see the results you want to see. So for in, in entrepreneurship, all of those things I learned about preparation, um, about work ethic, that translates over into what I'm doing now. And it, it did take a while for me to get that. But once you realize the the importance of that, you realize that if you're in business and you're looking to uh, acquire capital and you're up against thousands of other people who are too, you need to stand out. You need to do the things that are necessary for you to um, excel in whatever area it is in your life that you're trying to excel. And that starts with the things you do every single day when no one's watching. How do you, um, you mentioned in the middle there, um, this idea of uh, being sort of in tune with your own spirituality, getting yourself to a place where you can be centered uh, so as to create consistency. This is something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately, uh, both in my personal life and uh, my business life and, and my creative projects, uh, because by sort of default, I've always been the person who has an idea and needs to produce it immediately, or I feel like I'm uh, suffocated. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are there 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 are positives to that, but one very big negative is that there is inconsistency in my performance, mm. um, and so it's always been a question of mine. Well, how how do you create consistency in the things you do and uh, being able to not just show up every day, but show up at a consistent level each time that you're doing it? How do you uh, do that? Well, I think in the simplest terms, it, again, we'll go back to this seems to be like we're going back to I'm going back to sports. But if you look at how, say, a football team prepares and plays and then watches film at the end. I believe that in order to get better, there needs to be a conscious level of self-awareness. And it's something that you not only need to critique what it is that you're doing, but you need, to, you need to go back and watch what you're doing right. I think a lot of times we talk about, you know, we learn from our failures when I believe that we learn from our wins. I believe that if we can understand what we really do well, then we can now copy that and that becomes consistent. Because if we're focusing on our failures, a lot of times that could be negative. And yes, we can learn a lot. I, I don't want you to think that you can't. But in terms of what it is that you excel at, it's becoming really aware of what it is that you're excelling at, what people are loving that you're doing, 
and just bettering that version of yourself, consistently getting better and being consciously aware of, I really excel in this one area. I get that. What areas do I not excel at? How did I get to excelling in, say, speaking? And how can I take that process that I've obviously developed? Because it's not something that comes natural. It's a process. How do you take that process and copy that process over into another area of your life? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, And I I think you're right. I think it is sort of uh, taking the time to reflect on uh, what you're doing so that you can have a a real conscious understanding of who you are in relation to this thing. Uh, I'm curious if you've seen... We've talked about uh, your sort of developed discipline in the sports Mm -hmm. arena, uh, how that translated over to business. I'm curious if you've seen that same thing, whether from the business or from earlier in life, uh, translate into your personal life, like how you uh, deal with interpersonal relationships or your own fitness or, or nutrition or anything like that. Um, I'm curious to see if you've, you've seen it pop up there as well. At times, um, when I look back, like for, for me, I had such a a, a blessed upbringing. I, I had really everything that I could ever ask for. My parents always provided me with so many opportunities to do well and excel and um, always gave me the opportunities to do the things that I wanted to do. Now, when you are that type of person and when you do have that happen in your life, really when you face failure, you face adversity, it's very difficult to deal with. And I faced that in a big way as a young adult in university. And for a long time, I really went down a bad path. And I think that that bad path taught me a lot about myself. Um, as I continued to, to try to get over that incident and better myself as a person and just try to become a little bit happier, so to speak, in my daily life, you learn a lot about your upbringing. That's that moment in time. And now how to not forget, but learn how to deal with that moment on a consistent basis. And I learned a lot about myself during that time. Um, I think when you face adversity and you face something in life, it, it builds a, a callus, right? Like all of a sudden you, you have muscle to deal with things in your life. And for me, what it did is like, to me, I, I feel like I couldn't go through much worse. So now it's at a point where I had to decide, what do I do? Do I succumb to what happened? Or now do I use that as fuel to consistently better myself? And I almost feel now I almost feel bulletproof because nothing anyone can say or do that I haven't said or done to my, not done to myself, but said to myself. So for me, just creating that consistency is all about, you know what, I'm just trying to become the best version of myself. I understand what had happened. I understand how to face that adversity and how to overcome things now. And I think when you learn how to overcome obstacles, and that's something that I try to do every day myself now, Greg, is just try to put myself in uncomfortable positions where I can overcome something. Because if I can overcome something, when big problems arise, I know how to deal with it. And I don't succumb to that pressure. I don't succumb to the moment. 
I'm able to fight through and fight through that adversity in order to come through the other side. And a lot of times maybe you don't win, but if you have that mentality and at least you give it that effort, I, I think really that's all that matters. Yeah. And I can, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, just from my own life and, and business, uh, I'm always in the best position when I'm willing to treat things as an opportunity to either learn how to overcome it or uh, to sort of test my ability to overcome it. Um, I'm wondering, are you willing to share more about what happened? Um, I, I mean, for me, in a in a synopsis, I was I was physically and mentally abused. Um, so, I mean, it's difficult when you're when you're a young man and you're an athlete and you have this you know, this vision of what a man's supposed to be. Um, and then that happens, right. And you really feel powerless and you, you feel like that masculinity and what, what it's supposed to feel like to be, to be a man is kind of taken away from you. So, yeah. And, uh, without diving deeper than you, mm -hmm. you feel comfortable has how has your view of of i guess being a man how has that changed like what your definition of that is well i i think it's just about like i, I try to give it to you i think it's just about being a good person um you know like there's so many things that happen to you in your life and not to say my situation i mean I, I know people and i've spoken with people whose situations would absolutely blow your mind and uh it puts into perspective what you have and how in the moment it feels like you're in this bubble that you can't get out of right like all you're all you're thinking about is yourself and you become because of that you become very self-absorbed into your own life and you want to seclude yourself from everything else when you forget that you know you for me i had such a strong support system with my family I have all the opportunities to overcome whatever it is that is going on in my life. I just need to let people help, right? I think people forget that you need to let people help you. And although you think that no one's going to understand or people are going to really judge you for what happened, they really don't. Like everyone goes through something. And if you can be vulnerable and open up about what happened, you're going to see that um, there's light at the end of the tunnel and, for for me that happened and there, there were so many other things that happened in the process like i'll share with you a story greg I, I had a friend in university who went through something similar to me and we never told each other about it but we became very close because we knew like I, we looked at each other and we we could kind of see i could see the pain in his eyes and what he was going through and for two years after university, we never spoke. And one day he connected with me and said, I'm going to come down to Canada to visit you. And what was supposed to be a week trip ended up being a whole summer. And we had plans where he wanted to caddy for me um, full time. We, we were going to go away to the US. We were going to you know pursue my dream of playing and his dream of caddying. And we were a great team. And he came from uh, a military background. So the discipline that he instilled at me at that time 
was outstanding and I'll always remember him for that. Like I would be bartending until two, but I'd still have to get up at five and I'd still have to work out and eat properly and practice and play and do the things necessary. He understood the process and that's really what he taught me in myself at that moment when we were both struggling and we were both helping each other. But what happened is we went to a a tournament together and we're on the first hole and uh, to make this really quick, so people uh, probably don't understand golf as much as I do. Um, we saw we saw someone cheat on the first hole, and we, we looked at each other and we said, "Oh, we're going to bring that up at the end of the round." And the whole round, man, this was the final day. I was leading. All I could think about was confronting this person. Like I didn't want to. And what that came to was, I shot eighty in the final round. I missed the money by one. And when I was at the scorer's table, I was so upset with the way I was playing that I forgot to confront this guy. And we were in the we were in the car together and he wasn't talking to me. And you know, we were like 20 minutes in. He's looked at me, he's like, you know, Colin, I'm really disappointed in you. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I just shot 80. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then he brought up the incident and at the time I, I hated to ever feel like I was wrong. So I was fighting him on it and we were both very stubborn. So for the hour and a half back, we said one word to each other. Um, he got into his spot into the house. He packed up and he left and I never saw him or spoke to him again. And it, it's sad to think about how, something so small um, affected such a, a strong bond. And, you know, I, I lied to my my fr- family and friends that I did speak with him. But, you know, man, two years later, he, uh, he took his own life and passed away. And uh, not that I feel responsible, but, you know, what he was going through was much worse, obviously, than than what I was. And, I was so self-centered at the time to think that, you know, what I had going on was the only thing in the world. And I look back on that and that's the biggest thing I I still regret to this day. So today, all I try to think about is how can I provide value in others' lives? So, because you never know what people are going through, man. Um, I know it's a long story, but I think it's important for people to realize that, Yes, your life is important, but the way you treat others, every single encounter that you have can affect what they're going through and what you will go through. So to always be kind to to people and yourself. What, um, I appreciate you for, for being willing to share that. Uh, what have you found in that the time since, what have you found is the, 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 I guess, number, no, it, 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 it's not really a number to it. What, what have you found has helped to uh, support others when, regardless of what they might be feeling? Because obviously we can't always know, like you said before, uh, people forget that others want to help them. And I think it, goes even further people even when they do remember uh there is this fear of sharing it there's this fear of 
of being open to others and, and letting them in and, and being vulnerable enough to receive help. Because ultimately that is what you need to do is be vulnerable in order for other people to be able to help you. But that puts you at the risk of being hurt as well. Um, so how have you found since this event, since uh, things happening in college, since just throughout your life, how have you found that you've been able to best connect with others and either dig deeper and, and get those things or uh, without knowing those things, still well, be able to for support your, them. For yourself, it just starts with one person. And like for me, I kind of came to the realization, like I'm already going through pain, you know, like you're, you're already going through pain and there's people listening, there's people out there who are going through pain and even Eric Thomas, he talks about, you might as well get something for your pain, right? And if you continue to go, like the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over. And a lot of people are doing that. And whether that's a family member, for me, it wasn't. For me, it was like an outside person that I did not know that I felt comfortable with sharing what happened. And then all of a sudden you get comfortable to feel it with one other person and another person because you start to see how people deal with it. And you start to see how they'll push you up and all of a sudden you're able to not have a why me attitude, but instead a why not me attitude, um, which is super important. And then for others, someone told me once, Greg, uh, to like write down on a piece of paper, the 10 closest people in your life and beside their names in order from one to 10, write down what they're biggest, like, what do they want to accomplish most out of life? And I remember sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even know what my mom wants to accomplish. I didn't know one person and what they wanted to accomplish. And that was a big, that was a big eye opener for me. So, you know, for people out there, if you're wondering, you know, how do you help people? It starts with the people closest to you. And if you don't know what their biggest goals are and what they want to achieve, what they want out of life, you cannot be there to help or support them. So figure out what that one thing is and then consciously always be there to try to help them achieve their goals. And I'm telling you, it's it's much more rewarding when you see other people succeed because of how you help them than how they're helping you. And all you're focused on is, you know, who who else can I get in my circle to help? but you're also providing that to them. And what you're going to find is when you do that, doors open for you. People are going to be so much more open and willing to, to listen and help and open doors for you where you never thought you could and introduce you to people you never thought you could. And that's essentially, man, what's happened with, with the podcast. And I know you, you've experienced that yourself is if you can provide value to others, it comes back in waves. Absolutely. Could not, could not agree more. Uh, so your new project called Drive. Could you tell us a little about it? Yeah. So I'm combining, uh, I'm combining my, my old profession in golf with uh, what I do on the podcast. And I'm bringing a uh, unique, fresh, entertaining approach to, to interviews where we're going to be filming it on, uh, on a golf course. The first episode is with Dave Meltzer. That'll be coming out December 1st. We have scheduled right now. Um, so it's around a 30 minute episode, uh, done on a golf course, a fun scene, add some music and just trying to provide Greg uh, people with a, a unique experience. I see a lot of podcasts out there and, um, 
we all kind of do the same thing, right? Like in terms of we ask different questions and you provide so much value and there's other people out there who I watch and I wanted to do something unique and different that I felt like um, I've always wanted to do. And uh, just like you, whenever I put put my mind to something now, I need to execute on it because I just, I hate myself if I don't. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is the... Um how would you describe it to uh, someone who's never uh, listened to a podcast or watched a video on YouTube? Like why should they take the time to watch this? I mean, if for anyone out there, if, if you just, if you're interested in just bettering yourself and learning from some of the most highly successful people in the world and what behaviors they have and how they think and, and, the steps they took in order to get where, where they are. That's how I've built my business. That's how I've got myself out of rock bottom is from learning from others. And this is a, this is a way for you to do that. That's really simple, fun, painless. You can listen to it on any platform. Even if you don't want to watch a video, you can, uh, you can watch some short clips or, or an audio version, but just like Greg's show here, um, if you're listening to Greg's show, you're obviously into personal development you're obviously understand that, you know, tiny leaps lead to those big changes. And, uh, if you want to, to get a different approach from different people, then you can come on and and hop on drive. (laughs) Love it. Uh, so Colin, how can we, uh, connect with you? How can we uh, take a listen or, or watch the show and, uh, where else can we sort of go deeper? On the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my podcast is simple to find, uh, the daily grind business podcast. You can go to dailygrindpodcast.com. Um, I'll share my, uh, my business page, which is plan the number two profit. If you're in Canada, it's .ca and the U S it's .us. Um, follow me on Instagram. His podcast is the daily grind business podcast. It is really, really good stuff. Um, it, I'm, I'm still shocked at how he's able to, to consistently produce a daily show that does not feel like many of the other daily shows out there, uh, but he pulls it off. And, and so give it a listen. You're already listening to this podcast. Just search his. It's a really, really easy yes to make. Uh, Colin, I want to say thank you for being willing to be vulnerable, for being willing to share uh, everything that's happened to you, everything that's happened since and your mental models of how you sort of navigated them. Uh, I know somebody's listening to this and is going to walk away with that holy shit mm. moment that's going to help them unlock the rest of their life. Greg, so thank thanks you. so much for uh, for having this platform, for providing the value consistently that you do. Um, I know from listening to it and hearing people's experiences that you that you're changing lives and the more vulnerable that everyone can get the more we can learn and the more we can better ourselves and that's what it's all about so thanks so much man and for those of you listening i want to say thank you uh it always blows my mind that you're willing to spend any amount of time with me but the fact that you are here is an absolute honor so thank you so much for that Uh, If you haven't already, click that subscribe button. That is the best way to make sure you never miss a new episode. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. (laughs) 